Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And a good evening to you, sir, and you, ma'am, watching the War Chant Game Day postgame call-in show presented by Taluna Coffee alongside Gene Williams. My name is Tom Lang. And if that sounds like a professional open, it's because I think today's effort was a pretty professional, solid handshake, firm handshake, no need to do backflips. But Florida State is 5-0, and Gene Williams. Florida State did a lot of the things that they set out to do. Was it perfect? No. But all in all, it was an easy breezy win. And now Florida State moves on after playing its ACC home opener at 5-0. and Good evening, sir. Good evening, Tom. Uh, you know what? They didn't cover, so that's a, one, that's a, that's a disappointment yep. right there. They, if you did that, you just missed it by a point and a half. I think it was a 23 and a half. Is that what it uh, – You ended up being just under 24 kickoff. Yeah, so, man, you just – you had to hate that if you did that. I don't know. I had It's it's a mixed bag. I'm glad they, they won. They, they, you know, pretty close to the line about what you expected. I still – my biggest issue with this team, Tom, and why I'm, I'm going to say it now, I don't think they're going to go undefeated, and I hate to start in a negative mm-hmm. connotation. They have these lapses where they go, and we saw it in the second quarter, and it's just they're dominating, and you could just see it, – it reminded me of the BC game. They just took that breath, and they're like, oh, we're dominating this team. And the next thing you know, you go in a quarter, you're completely dominated for a quarter of play. Yeah. And you played well, and then you had, you know, the special teams lap starting third quarter. You know, uh, hopefully that's something they clean up. That was kind of ugly to see that. But, I mean, credit to FSU. They bounced back. Two Benson, huge Benson runs. By the way, he finished with over 200 yards rushing on 11 carries. That's a pretty good average, 18.2 per carry. That'll get it done. Yeah. So, good job for Trey Benson. I, I imagine he might be the one breaking the rock today and well-deserved for him. But, you know, like I said, a mixed bag. I'm glad they were able to bounce back. They did They did what they needed to do to get the job done. But these lapses on both sides of the ball, it seems like when that flip, that switch flips, and they just lose a little bit of focus on both sides, and I'm just a, it's going to cost them a game against a better opponent. It's going to cost them a game at some point, Tom. I, I could see that. And today is one of those days, I've said this before on postgame shows, Gene, where you can pick however you want to feel. Like if you want to feel positive and, yeah. and say that Florida State answers some questions, you can. They finally started fast. Okay. Well, that's All right. That is good. 22 to nothing. You get, uh, I think you touched the ball four times in the, in the quarter. That fourth possession carries over into the second, but that's way better than one possession and in a three quarter. straight three and outs for that defense, too. How and about that? It comes out. Were they perfect? No. But I mean, when you get teams to go three and out often mm-hmm. out the gate, I don't care if there's a miscommunication in the back end. That's largely doing your job, it's doing what you're supposed to do. So check, check there and there. You wanted to see the running game come to life? Okay, you got an answer there. You wanted to see, Gene, if they changed their protocols and maybe some of the plays that they ran, and there was a new wrinkle out there today. I'm not entirely certain because I don't have a a coaching background or anything like that, but I believe the terminology is pin and pull. You saw Casey Roddick releasing to the left in a pull. It wasn't counter. It was a different type of run. I believe that's pin and pull. At any rate, a couple of big runs early for that, and then home run later in the game when Benson is running to the right. For a long, long touchdown, it's Keandre Jones in the same action going the other way. So new wrinkles from Florida State in their offense. That was good to see. The referees were awful in this game. 
I think, Gene, that they were worth somewhere between seven and ten points. So if you did not get that cover, I think you can squarely blame two things, special teams and the officials. That's probably where you'd look, where, where you're coming up just a couple of points short. But overall, if you want to feel like, like job well done today, I don't blame you. If you want to say I'm not inspired by what I saw, I don't blame you. I think today is, is dealer's choice, Gene. Yeah, and I'm not. And I'm probably being too negative because again, they went out. They did. They, it was never. It was you know, little nervous points here and there when they let up, and, the, and Virginia Tech got it a little bit closer. But at the end of the day, they won. It was a said it was a professional professional type job. The biggest positive to me was after that anemic performance by the rushing game. I think they rushed for 22 yards against Clemson to bounce back and finish with uh, 282 rushing yards in this game. Thank mm-hmm. you, Ben, for putting those stats up. I mean that that's what you want to see. And like you said, some of those runs just to dominate and get those chunk plays over and over and over again. Obviously, a couple home runs, too, with uh, Benson. And then what a great run by Toafili on the goal line, riding to surfing two defenders into yeah. the end zone. That was a pretty sweet play right there. I enjoyed watching that one. Okay, so uh, intern Gabe, who helps out on the JCS side and with the pregame show, calls him now Rolafili. <laughs> well, we had, remember, RC3 called him Tip Toafili. Exactly. He had that play against Clemson a couple years ago. Now, so now the Rolafili. All right. I like he's it. done it twice. So I said, intern, I like this. Yeah. I'm going to use yeah. it. But you got to credit your sources. So mm-hmm. Rolafili, very cool. Uh, big moment for him. Uh, but it was all about Trey Benson today in that backfield. Yes. Johnny Wilson came out the gate, started well with a couple of touchdown passes. But Gene, that did not look yeah. like a great yeah. injury. Um, we will see if there's any initial news coming out of Florida State and the press conferences today. We'll keep you posted here on the War Chant Game Day post game show, brewed up by Deluna Coffee. But uh, that's not that is the biggest downside to today, Gene. From this game to me, like you said, oh, there's definitely a lot of things you can talk about from this game. To me, the biggest newsy thing is the the, the long term status of Johnny Wilson because yeah, that left knee buckled on that play. And man, you just hope it's a little, it's a pull or a strain or something that, you know, he's going to probably miss at least a couple of weeks and you hope it's nothing serious. Obviously I'm guessing we get very little medical information from FSU, but I guess this is one of those situations, Tom, where they probably bring it in for an MRI. Yeah. And then in a few days, news will leak out one way or the other. Uh, hopefully, hopefully the young man is okay. Cause he was having a hell of a game too. I mean, they had no, every time they go to him and I'm seeing, him getting in one-on-one coverage, and I'm like, they. It, I remember I saw the head coach for Virginia Tech and trying to console the DB. I'm like, man, you're the one who put him in that situation one-on-one in the end zone. There's, there's no DBs in the country that can win that matchup. So that's on you, coach. That's not on that DB. But anyway, yeah. he was Johnny was having a great game. He did he had some uh, hands and fingers catches today, yes. Gene. You're always watching that with Johnny, but uh, he was heavily involved. He was a big part of it. He was feeling good too. Uh, but you know what? Uh, with him out of the game, you, you never want that to be the case. But there was a Destin Hill sighting after that. So if you were looking <laughs> yes. for Destin Hill, there you go. Nice adjustment to break back on the ball. And frankly, Gene, if Jordan throws a couple better deep balls, I think you've got a couple bomb touchdowns, and his passing stats look better than they Kai were. Kai Douglas, man, he had him. He had his right. guy beat out there too. So twice. what was so? I, I'm guessing a little bit. You know, it seemed like maybe Jaheim didn't get as many reps. Maybe he's a little banged up. It seemed like the Kyle Morlock show early on. Yeah. It didn't it just seemed like a game where you could have got Jaheim more involved. And I wonder if he was maybe not hundred percent in this game. I don't know what's going on there, but yeah, the Marquison got an early screen pass or yeah. a play design for him. Uh you saw Jaheim around the third or the fourth series of the game, I think, for the first time. Came in one play, they mentioned him and he went in motion and I never saw him other than that. Yeah, he well, he was pissed. There was um when we came up short and we had to kick a field goal in the second half, when you throw to Toa Feely on the third and 10, I think it was, he was pissed in the end zone. He thought he was open. You could see him jumping up and down. Um, but, uh, Gene, that's one thing. You know, Ben can pull those stats back up, and you can see 
that Virginia Tech runs for a lot of yards themselves, over 200 yeah. a game, and at a six-yard clip, that's unacceptable. Mm. But where I will temper coming down hard on the defense here, clearly the coach's game plan was to rotate a ton of bodies. When you see the participation and snap count reads for the defensive line, uh, both interior and exterior for these linebackers. Blake Nicholson was playing in the first half of this game. Uh, the secondary, Conrad Hussey, got a lot of time in there, and he had one of the plays of the game. We'll get to that in a little bit. But, Gene, when you take a look at all of the players they got on the field in non-garbage time, it was a ton of dudes. And I think, you know, uh, a few of those yards, not all of them by any means, but a few of those yards can be attributed to the fact that you're working in backups, which is interesting to me, Gene, because this is a two- or three-score game a lot of the time when they're rotating those guys in. Uh, maybe a little bit too aggressive uh, in terms of getting guys off the bench. You'll see it tomorrow with the PFF grades that you post on warchant.com. They got a lot of players in in this game yeah. in the fourth quarter. And I, I get it, too, especially in a game like this. Look, you ought to be able to beat this team, and you did. It was nothing special. You didn't blow them off the map. Yeah. But, again, you're playing for you're playing for the entire season. You know, and these guys get fewer reps. They're not wore out. There's less chance of injury. Plus, in a game that is on the line, when you get to that fourth quarter, if your defensive line is fresh, and they mentioned that, too. Even the broadcasters caught up on that, and they're like, man, they're that defensive line, they go deep. And that is one of the biggest positions. How many games have you watched, Tom, where you're in the middle way of the fourth quarter and the defensive line is gassed, yeah. and they're just being pushed on because they played so many snaps, and you're being pushed on by 320-pound dudes over and over and over again. It wears you out. Or Florida State, by doing this, they're well-equipped in a fourth-quarter game. Their defensive line is still going to be fresh. So that, that yeah. will pay dividends in some games and later in the season when that line isn't beat to hell because they've been playing you know 90% of the snaps for all the games when you get to game 11, game 12. To the nearly 900, well, now we're over 900 of you watching the War Chant Game Day postgame show. Brewed up by Deluna Coffee. Hit the like button underneath. It helps us find more Florida State fans. Thank you for being here. Uh, we'll tell you more about our sponsor, Deluna Coffee, in a little bit. But, Gene, I thought one of the plays of the game from, from an inspiration standpoint was Conrad Hussey's thunderous hit on a oh. second down in the second half. Florida State looked listless. Were you holding your breath, though, that the flag was going to come out because it's the ACC, even though he had shoulder hit him up? And I'm thinking they're going to they're gonna figure a way. A big hit for Florida State usually means a flag. Uh, agreed. <laughs> I was surprised I didn't see one. It was a perfectly clean hit. Mm -hmm. Um, it forced the ball out. It was close to being a lateral. I think on one of the replays, you could see it moving forward just a little mm -hmm. bit. But the next play, I don't think it's any coincidence, Gene, that Jared versus shot out of a cannon and makes a play yeah. in the backfield. There was just a surge of inspiration. And that's one thing that we didn't see a whole lot of in the middle part of this game. Guys getting downhill and making splash plays and, and feeding off of each other. But Conrad provided that spark. And when you're looking for more answers in the secondary, Gene, like Kevin Knowles hasn't been outstanding in relief no. of Akeem Dent, who was back on the field. They got Akeem Dent back today. When you're talking about shuffling, who's the next man up? Conrad Hussey made a, an impression today that maybe he could be one of those freshmen that gets more reps as the season goes along. Yeah, he did. And trust me, that, that's the kind of thing that's going to catch the coach's attention. And like you said, there's there's an opening for another DB back there to get more increased playing time. And that's exactly what you got to do to make it. You mentioned Jared Burson. It was nice to see. He's been very quiet. Now, I think he's graded out well and played solidly so far. Yep. But we haven't seen him do much in the sack department. Two sacks today. It's good to see him get back out there a little bit. You get him in those. I, when they're in those known passing situations, he needs to be, if he's really going to be an elite first-round draft pick, and those kind of plays, he needs to be in that backfield all the time. He's too good going against, let's face it, Virginia Tech's are average offensive lineman. He ought to be able to get back there and make some more noise. And he did in this game, so credit to him. And uh, the defense, again, other than that, you take out, 
you know, that second quarter where they were just dominating, went three for three on fourth down conversions in that yep. game. Uh, that quarter was just in a couple of those other things, 126 yards to one, nine first downs to zero, 11 minutes in time of possession in that fourth quarter. Unbelievable. And like I said, three of three and a fourth down. So it's a, a quarter like that. I know you can't just take a quarter away, but other than that, you pretty much dominate the whole game other than a kick return that happened. Um, that's what I want to see a race. And I'm being a perfectionist here and I'm not trying to harp on the negative, but it just that, that quarter when you just completely just fell asleep drives me nuts. Well, and you know, for as much as they rep special teams, uh, and I'm going to go back to this, you spend some, you might as well spend time on something else. I mean, this is ridiculous. Let's kick it to one and your coverage unit does that. I mean, that's the one thing that can happen because you saw Gene, the next time Virginia yeah. tech got the ball, it was a three and out. I'm betting you that they're not going to score a touchdown on that drive as long as you don't give up a kickoff return for a touchdown. So. Speaking of special teams, Tom, on the punt, again, letting the ball bounce on punt. Why, why, I've never seen any college team that uh, than Florida State lets as many punts bounce and roll down the field as Florida State. What's uh, and I know they've got. I know that's probably not Coleman's specialty is out there, but I can't believe they can't have a guy out there that can just at yep. least field the putts and prevent them from rolling down the field. Uh, it's on Papuchas, it's on Mike Norvell about the special teams inconsistencies. But once again, on the good side of special teams, Alex Mastromano was masterful yeah. again. Uh, How much better see this season last oh. season? I mean, I was like ready to run him back to Australia last yeah. year, but he he looks he's been outstanding this year. Well, he had the rough moment at NC State, but like he was he's been very <laughs> good at, at when you're in that advanced field position of pinning the opponent down inside the twenty. Like that was his mo early. It wasn't necessarily the booming leg, but it was precise. Mm-hmm. You know, offenses would start drives on their own ten or their own twelve, thanks to what Mastromano was able to do. But now he's just kicking the crap out of the ball, yeah. which is great to see. A couple of 50-plus yarders today. Uh, there was one kick, I think, that we might have gotten a 50-yard net out of it, which is outstanding. You're looking for 40. Most coaches will tell yeah. you 40 net is, a, is the baseline. Uh, he's been a weapon for FSU. And the other thing, this is, again, uh, everybody in the chat, I understand, you, you know, the chat, and sometimes after a game you want to be all of one or all the other thing. It's kind of a choose-your-own-opinion. Yeah. Because, Gene, they give up 10 points today, the defense does. I mean, so you could say six yards a carry and be pissed yeah. about that, or you could say 10 points in one of those touchdown drives was thanks to an absolutely atrocious roughing the passer call. I mean, that drive is over. It's one of the yeah. most athletic interceptions you're ever going to see from AZ Thomas. I mean, that is. Oh, my gosh. That is. That was something. And two feet down, too. Yes. Incredible. It's just a shame that a race, but a beautiful play by AZ. Uh, look, if you're the, uh, somebody out there that's watching this video that makes FSU hype videos on YouTube, like, yes. you can get away with that. that. We get flagged. You won't. So make sure <laughs> that's a part of it. Make sure that that play is a part of your hype videos because that's a good point. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So, again, it's a bit of a mixed bag. But in the end, Gene, you know, the, all you wanted to do was get out to a fast start, run the football, and in the fourth quarter not have the game in doubt. Yeah. Check, check, check. I so. guess my feelings, I think I picked the biggest blowout of the staff. We pick all the scores which we have each week on the War Chant Report. I think then we put out a graphic you can see. And I, I might have picked the biggest blunt in this thing. To me, my thinking was going into this, the last couple of games, first of all, I think Florida State it was more under the weather. I know Mike Norvell mentioned early in the week there's some guys sick. There's a lot more guys sick than I think was generally reported out there the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously we know Jordan was not at 100% against Clemson. You had, you know, the Robert Scott, Akeem Dent. You had a lot of key injuries. I really thought they were back to full health, both, 
you know, illness-wise in terms of having key players back. And I thought after the last couple of games, they were going to just come out and kick the snot out of Virginia Tech. And for the first quarter, I thought this is what I was expecting to see. So maybe it's a personal thing I'm disappointed at. But you're right. They did what they needed to do to get the job done. I want to see a little bit more fire in them. I don't want to see those letdowns. Yeah. But you're right. Because And then I'm looking also at North Carolina blowing out a decent Syracuse team. And I'm thinking Florida State ought to be doing this. Why is North Carolina capable of doing this, but Florida State isn't? But you know what? They did well enough. There's not a huge negative look at this game. And when you you point to the fact that the defense really only gave up 10 points, even though that touchdown drive in the second quarter was just maddening yeah. to see them just methodically go down the field and keep converting fourth downs. But in one of those fourth downs, I noticed the guy signaled the first down. There was a pile up. He oh, couldn't God. even see the ball. Yeah. And I'm like, how can you mark the ball? There's five guys in front of you. You can't see the quarterback. You just automatically mark the first down. That. Yeah, it, it got better in the second half with the officials. The first half was oh. about as bad as it gets. It was about, and this is the thing, like, I get it out there. Um, nobody likes whining about officials, and I did a little bit of that, rightly so, after the Clemson game. I just think with this conference, especially with what went on in the summer, you know, if you want to fit me for a, a size 7 5 8 10 foil hat, you can fit me for it. It just, Gene, that first half, any call that could have gone Florida State against Florida State did to the point that, don't blame me or don't say that we're whining, Mike Norvell during a TV timeout chewed out the officials for the better part of the entirety of the TV timeout. This was after the Byron Turner roughing the passer call. But he's furious about there's a crackback block down the middle of the field. I mean, there's about five or six things where he's had enough. And Mike Norvell's not like Jimbo in that sense. Oh, no. He doesn't hardly – it in, in the three, four years he's been here, maybe twice he's done something like this. But today was one of those days that he just let him have yeah. it on the sideline. By the way, 12 penalties for Florida State for 99 yards, six for 60. So, basically, they more than doubled up in terms of all that Virginia Tech. And you're right. Every time you knew it was a key play and you're like, there's going to be a flag. Where is it? Oh, there it is. Of course it is. You just knew yep. it was coming. Yeah, I'm not in the conspiracy. So I just, I'm still of the belief that they're just very incompetent. I don't think they're out to get Florida State. They're just not good officials in the ACC. Unfortunately, it seems they're incompetent that usually slant against Florida State for some odd reason. Indeed. Uh, the second half, again, it did get a little bit better. Uh, you know, it's amazing. Jordan got hit late, and they're actually, I think that's the fourth time he's gotten hit late this year, but finally the first time they've called it for a target. Well, the one time in the first half, he slid and the guy nailed him. And yeah. I saw the flag. I'm like, well, Thank goodness, at least they called that. And it was uh, some weird other. I don't even remember what it was. It was the holding was. on Casey Roddick and Gene. When I tell you, folks, you got to trust me. You can rewatch the game and you will see it yourself. There's nothing. I mean, there are holds where you go, oh, what are you going to do? I mean, you have to call it. This isn't tackling a dude to the ground. It's a question. What was the delay? Now, you're, you may know the rule better. I mean, I've seen this called a couple times and I'm trying to get an explanation when they did the. So I thought it was procedure on the offense. They moved mm-hmm. on a play and they called the defense. They called defensive delay of game for. Uh, I forget what the name of that call was. It was it, a defensive interference or something. Uh, it, interference. It, it, uh, it's almost like a, an unsportsmanlike conduct because it's disconcerting signals. Is disconcerting what signals. That's what it was. And but um, I saw their player move and all that. And like, what is it? what? No, as uh, from what I saw, Kalen Deloach is just tapping the defensive line yeah. and get into a different gap. Uh, we don't do that. I, like, I'm, I'm not saying that other teams do, and Florida State never does. But we, we don't call out the snap count, as far as I know. I've never seen it in practice. Yeah. Mike is beside himself because he's like, what are you talking about? And that's another drive killer, Gene, because it could yeah. be second and 17. And it was second and 12 at the time. Yeah. But second and 17 it ends up being second and seven. And it's just those little things, they add up. Um, there's a lot of process that Florida State still needs to clean up. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'm not putting on the garden and gold glasses and ignoring things. I just think overall, if you had 
you know, three or four major goals today to accomplish. Florida State did. You're cheering me up, Tom. I think you're right. You look at the, if you start delving a little deep into this, yeah, there was a little bit of letdown in that second quarter, but on the whole, some some bad officiating, a special teams thing. I don't think will repeat itself with that kickoff return. I think they clean that up. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, they did what they needed to do to get a solid victory. And next week, uh, I don't know that we've got the answer yet from the ACC regarding the kickoff time. We but should tomorrow and go to War Chant. We'll make sure you know that. We'll try to text, push that out if you're on the War Chant app. We'll try to send that out to people because I know people got to plan their schedules. I hate this six day window yep. crap because I mean, people come to Tallahassee, they got to travel from all over the country to get here. And it, if it's a noon game or a night game, it totally changes your plans. Yeah, there is no three thirty window no. for the state to play. It's only noon or seven thirty. These are the two options, and they're going to go opposite of North Carolina and Miami. So we'll find out. The odd thing I heard, and a lot of people think, well, the better team will be the night game. But in this instance, I think you talked about it with me, and then somebody else I spoke to too was saying that look, there's actually a big high profile game in the evening. Is it Notre Dame and? Yeah, Notre Dame USC is a night yeah. game, so mm-hmm. you would think they'd want to put the better ACC game in primetime. A lot of times, they don't want to give up those ratings to yeah. that primetime game. So the national game, the bigger game, maybe at noon, which in this instance may mean to me, assuming Miami and North Carolina win, which it looks like North Carolina is rolling, assuming Miami beats Georgia Tech, my guess is Florida State will be a night game. Right, exactly. And then you've got Oregon-Washington next week, which I don't know that they have declared the time for. Well, so you know I, that's going to be a later game. There's no way that's going to be a noon game because it's yeah, on the it's, West Coast. It's uh, 3.30, actually, so it's a little bit early. But, again, okay. so, so you've got windows that are for mm-hmm. prime games, and you know we'll see. We'll keep you updated on what's guess My guess is that's a night game for FSU next week, but we'll see. We've got a lot of people to thank here on the yep. Warchant Game Day post-game show powered by and brewed by our friends at DeLuna Coffee. In fact, folks, tonight I tried something a little different today. It's the Hurricane Blend from our friends yeah. at DeLuna Coffee. It is an Italian roast. I said, all right, all right, a little Italian. Let's go. And so instead of the Espresso, which I love, the Voodoo, which is still BOGO right now at DeLunaCoffee.com nice. for the Voodoo Espresso Blend. Cheers, everybody. I'm having a little bit of an Italian roast, Gene. What you got over there tonight yourself? Well, I'm, I'm actually doing a little uh, Sam seasonal here, but I got behind me, the, by the way, the Midnight Shift and the Blue Angels, which that's one great thing we love about Ed Lemix and Brett, uh, his son, who run DeLuna Coffee. They get back to the community. They they're do. so solid, and they, they've got all these arrangements with uh, local people. So, man, they're, they're good people, uh, locally owned business there in Pensacola, and huge FSU fans. So it's always great to help them out. And again, if you want more of DeLuna Coffee's products and support people who support us, DeLunaCoffee.com. Or, better yet, if you live west of I-4 all the way through the Panhandle, your Publix will have Mm -hmm. it in the Florida Locals section. You won't find it with the big brands in the coffee aisle. You want to go to that special local section, support a local uh, steward of Warchant.com and Florida State Athletics. That is DeLuna Coffee. So what do we have in terms of, let's see, uh, contributions to the program? We're so thankful for everybody that's in the chat right now. But Zenol, all right, we got a Z-Chan and a Zenol. Good teams find a way to win. Great teams don't need to. We ain't great yet, but we are 5-0. and I thought you were going to say great teams cover, Johnny. But <laughs> uh, but 5-0, and you will take 5-0. and There's no apology for that. Thank you very much. Joshua Benson's 200. 20 for 200 and two tutties. All right, thank you, Joshua. Plus the defense shutout, Virginia Tech in the second half, just saying. Good point again. Good well point. said, Joshua. Yeah, you're making me feel better about that. Thank you, Joshua. Florida man in Texas, always. Uh, I think he actually, Gene, we've been promoting that people can come here to these links for the postgame show and chat during the game. And so we we're seeing a yeah. bigger audience of people doing that. And Florida man in Texas is one of those. $20 for that legal hussy hit in the second yes. half and takeaway. If Benson doesn't break the rock, hussy should. 
it was a big time play, Gene. But I think we're in yeah. consensus here that uh, Trey Benson breaks the rock. You can't run for two hundred and two touchdowns and not get break the rock, especially after last week was a frustrating one, I think, for him against Clemson. So well done, Trey. Drew, uh, Drew Peeballs. It's no coincidence. I love that name. It's no coincidence. We went on our six-game winning streak last year when Benson was lighting it up. Having an elite run game is a must yes. to our run. Yes. Agreed there. And they had some different wrinkles today. If you were wondering if they were still going to ram their head into a wall with counter mm. and fail, a little bit of pin and pull action. We'll break it down on the site and on the channel this week. Uh, but Florida State is adding a couple new tricks to the bag, Gene. That's good to see. Yes, maybe something to hint hint to D-Rob. I know Let's we don't want to let the cat out of the bag. Maybe we'll have some more breakdowns coming up for you this week. We will. We will. Old Dominic Robinson may or may not be back in the fold. We're excited about that. Pete Mercer. Pete. I Gene. Finally got the turntable. Looks great. Look, Pete. Everybody. Look, Pete. Yep, right there, buddy. It's right over Gene's at uh, the right side of the screen. It says, fear the spirit. Pete, it's awesome. I've just got to find an anchor heavy enough on my wall so because I, I want it to be in the background. So thank you. Pete, very much. I tried to hang it behind me. So it'd be front and center back there, but I couldn't get it. It's those, they're kind of heavy. They're sweet, but man, they're heavy. So I just propped it over there for now. So Pete gives a super luck. chat contribution on top of sending us stuff. You did not have Thanks, to do Pete. that, Pete, but you're very generous. And this is an, an awesome community. Uh, ah, I see there is a, a question that I'm going to pull from the chat right now. This is a bill Fredericks. What's up, bill. How are you? Should we be concerned about the interior line play? It's inconsistent. That's a fair question, Gene. The pass protection hasn't – it's been a little bit worse these last couple of games, specifically at that left guard position. Yeah, there were, there were a couple of breakdowns I wasn't thrilled about. I mean, I thought on the whole they were fine. But, yeah, there's there's one or two you'd like to see that cleaned up a little bit. But, I mean, I, I see I see the best offensive lines in college football and the NFL occasionally have breakdowns where they're just guys get beat on a play. You don't want to see it ever. But no line is perfect. I think for the, the – majority of the game they were fine they can they be better yes absolutely but we'll see in the pff grades like you said i'm gonna look we'll see those interior guys how did they do in pass protection if it wasn't it wasn't good we'll let you know if uh yeah i'm gonna guess that roddick's grade's not very good uh but what was interesting and maurice smith's not gonna get a good grade because of penalties mm -hmm. he had a brain fart today that's not like maurice you know a yeah, couple that's of, odd yeah. they didn't call it a snap infraction but it's basically a snap infraction because jordan's asking for the ball he doesn't deliver it very strange. And Maurice, is you could see, he's mad at himself as it happens. Uh, there are some guys who, when they're called for a penalty, Gene, they look aloof and they're like, huh? Maurice is furious with himself. He holds himself to a pretty high standard. He should. I mean, is there a center of the country that has more starts than Maurice? <laughs> That's fair. I mean, come on, dude. And he's got another ear, Gene. He could have 75 oh starts before it's all said and done. <laughs> I'm only kind of exaggerating. Uh, I don't care if every game is a war. As long as we keep winning, it doesn't really matter. Jason, that's a great sentiment. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, this is a game where if you have an opinion, it's probably got some weight to it because all opinions about today's game, I, you, there's a moment for you. If you like to be a pessimist, it's the second quarter, Gene. If you like to be an optimist, how about a fast start? That is huge. I mean, we well, have one of our, one of guys said, shutting shut, defense shutting them out in the second half. How about that? Well, and that's the thing, Gene. So you go into a lull in the second quarter. That's objectively true. You know, that there's a lull in the second quarter. But isn't it nice to have 22 on the board before you go into yeah. that? Oh, yeah. While there is pressure that's mounting, it's not the weight of the world on your shoulders because you're down six, you're down 13. This is why, Gene, even early, you know, for those of you that wanted throws over the middle and slants, you got a couple of those. Uh, the running game was going. Jordan still is not up to full speed, I, I don't think. Yeah, he was a little off on a few passes today. Yeah. Um, you get you just hope. Again, I, I want to see Johnny Wilson back. I would, it was good that we had at least one Destin Hill uh, yeah. playing this game, but I still would like to see some of those other guys. Where's this, We had a couple throws to the running backs out of the backfield. 
couple throws to Morlock early, which is nice to see. Maybe Jaheim. I don't know why he wasn't more involved, but mm-hmm. I like to see some of those. We still haven't seen a Winston Wright sighting, and I don't know how long. Yep. Um, I, I think it just seems like to me, and again, I don't know enough about the coverages or look at the to see it properly, but it seems like there ought to be more stuff. When you got Johnny, you got Keon out on the edge. It seems like there ought to be more stuff open in the middle on shorter stuff. I don't know if it's there. We're not doing it. We're not scheming it up or what's going on there. Yeah, agreed. Uh, that's a tough one to parse because also sometimes it comes down to the choice. You know, if it's 50-50, the quarterback wants to go to a certain guy. We know what, we know what he's going to do if he sees one-on-one with one of his main targets. He's going to chuck it down the field for him. Yep. The one thing that I saw today from Jordan that I really did not like, because he ran more too. If you want to check off things yeah. that you want to see, he and ran. And I like the slide. He was a very good slider today. Uh, one of the big plays in the second half when it was all kind of, you know, again, mounting up. And uh, I think it might have been a second down. Florida State's pinned in their own territory because jared verse got called for a ridiculous on sports but like jared what are you doing? oh yeah that's just that's not on the refs that's on you my man um but jordan runs for 10 15 yards and everybody kind of relaxes at that point yeah. that's what his legs can do for you but gene he's still bailing out on those throws you know like the first couple of touchdowns again it's a touchdown to johnny to start the game but you see almost like that bailing. He, he's trying to protect himself from getting hit mm. versus standing in there and delivering it. It looks like he's he's still nursing. Sorry, that shoulder so a little sore. Yeah. yeah. So to the 1,200-plus okay. of you that are now watching, welcome in. Welcome in. Florida State. Cheers. 5-0. Oh. Cheers to you. We're not doing that drinking game like last time because this is not a rivalry game. Maybe when uh, we get to Miami, we can play a yeah. game. Uh, but we will be taking your calls here very soon. So let's put that phone number on the screen i think the lines are already full you people have stored our number They're sneaky sneaky yep yeah but it's 850-805-5911 didn't even need it i knew it 850-805-5911 we're going to take your calls this is about you and your reactions and we're going to do so on the other side of this break stay with us this is the war chant game day post game call and show brewed up by deluna coffee Our head coach has a taste for the finer things in life. Personally, I like to picture him in front of a fireplace, clad in a garnet and gold velvet robe, with a glass of Lagavulin 16 and a Cuban cigar. Rumor has it, coach has a brand new Bengal tiger rug and a photo of Brian Kelly on his mantle. Now, while coach has high-powered offensive weapons at his disposal, FSU fans need only one thing to start their game day. That's DeLuna Coffee's Blue Angels Blend. Talk about high-powered. This jet fuel in a cup will have you feeling like you can take down a 500-pound tiger yourself. Two cups will have you wanting to boost an F-18 for the pregame flyover. Our advice, though, leave the hunt to the professionals. It doesn't mean that you still can't enjoy the finer things in life, just like Coach Mike. Trust me when I tell you, DeLuna Coffee makes for one hell of an espresso martini. Head to DeLunaCoffee.com today to find out more. The finest football program in the state and rolling into 2023 with a Heisman contender. Stay connected with everything Florida State over at the ultimate seminal sports source, Warchant.com. Expert insight from five-star Irish Chauffel, the wit and perspective of FSU Encyclopedia Corey Clark, the latest on FSU recruiting with entrenched reporter Michael Langston, and the most active community of FSU fans anywhere. Warchant.com is part of the On3 network with a national team of reporters and resources that have created industry-leading consensus recruiting ratings, transfer portal rankings, and NIL analytics. Head over to Warchant.com to take advantage of this offer as FSU has into a 2023 season with sky-high expectations. 
There's fun to be had every night at the Corner Pocket. Take home prizes on Trivia Tuesdays and Beer Bingo Thursdays. And kickstart your weekend with Martini Fridays. Plus, happy hour runs every weekday and game day specials every time the Knolls take the field. Watch all the best games at the Corner Pocket's Vegas Wall, featuring 560 inches of flat screen TV heaven. Oh, really? The best food, the best drinks, and the best place to watch all the games. Tallahassee loves the Corner Pocket. This is all the benefits of uh, being a War Chant subscriber, right? If you're watching right now, you can look along with me. You'll see Garnet and Gold 10% off special War Chant Days promos each month with exclusive offers for WarChant.com members, priority access, and free gear at War Chant events. That's doing some things, right? Got to do it. Ask War Chant anything subscriber-only shows featuring the entire staff, a little Q&A with the entire staff, and coming soon, a new mobile app with improved functionality and less ads. That's really a good thing. Join the largest FSU fan community on the internet, everybody, at WarChant.com. It's not close. Let's go. Get it on. Sign up today. Are back at it now on the War Chant Game Day post-game call-in show. Florida State is 5-0. Go find your nearest watering hole or your favorite spot in the cabinet or the fridge and get you a cold one because we're going to be doing phone calls for a little bit. We're aiming to get some word from the stadium. I know there are a couple of injuries out there today that we would like to get news on. Other insights for those that were high above Bobby Bowden Field, Irish O'Fell, or Corey Clark. That's who we're aiming to get. And so we will keep you posted as the show goes along for those details. But now we go to the phones. And we are talking to Marlon in Miami. Now, Marlon called in before the show started. He was ready to go. He's been waiting nearly a half an hour. So we appreciate Marlon. Marlon's patience. Marlon, welcome to the program. Go ahead, sir. Hey, what's up, guys? Can you hear me? We can hear you. Gotcha, Marlon. Yep. Uh, I just want to talk about, you know, I think this team is, is good. It's not great. But I want to know, how do we get to great? And I'm kind of feeling like Gene there's going to be a loss our way coming. I just hope it's not November 11 on Veterans Day. I'm a veteran. I'm an alumni, and I just don't want to go up there with a van full of candy canes and having to come back and them clowning me all day. So how do how, how do we avoid that trip up, and how do, does this team get to being great? Because the potential is there, but the offense needs to grow a little bit better. I like the defense. Give Give our give our defensive coordinator some slack. I think the defense is getting there. Yeah, Marlon, good question. And Gene, I know right now you feel the same way that Marlon feels that uh, if they continue to play as they do, there's probably not going to be a zero in the L column when the 12 game season is over. So you have the floor first. Yeah. What do you think? Well, Marlon, first of all, thank you for your service. Um, much appreciated. Uh, yeah, you know, my thing is, it, to me, it's more of a mental thing. To, the positive with the running game, you're not, you were an incomplete team against Clemson. You were one dimensional. I was glad to see that dimension come back because I think a, a staple of Mike Norvell teams are able to run the football. They did that today very successfully. That's a positive. To me, it's between the ears. There are these mental, we saw it in the BC. They go stretches, a quarter, quarter and a half, where they're completely inept on both sides of the ball. That's my problem. And I think that's, and I don't know what they can do for that. I don't know if they need a mental conditioning coach or something going on because this is a, a veteran team. This might be the most experienced team in the nation. 
So I don't understand these kind of letdowns. It seems like they feel comfortable at times and they have a hard time getting back on track on both sides of the ball to me. Maybe for the experience, they're seeing this over and over again. Hopefully it gets cleaned up at some point. Uh, to me, and I don't know about you, Tom, to me, that's the biggest thing. If they don't have these letdowns for these long stretches, mm-hmm. I think they can go undefeated, but I haven't seen the sign that these are going to stop. And if they do it in the wrong time, and I know Marl mentioned, we sure hope it doesn't happen against Miami in November, because that's obviously the one team you don't want to have to have. To me, Miami's got two tough games coming up after this. They're going to lose one, if not both of those. So I don't think this is going to be – we've seen Miami wilt. I'm not buying into all the hype that this is going to be a huge, great Miami team come November, but – if it is, it is. It'll be the first time in two and a half decades that they're actually relevant in college football in November. So we'll see. But I need Florida State to get over these mental lapses that they've had at times so far this season. So I think there's a couple of things. This is where I will be nitpicky. On the whole, I'm pretty happy with what what took place today because they did rotate in so many guys. And you know, I think that's part of some of the inconsistencies that you see. On defense, Gene, I got to see better communication. There's still a ton of plays, uh, even early on when they get a three and out where they're not communicating in time before the snap and there's confusion. And out of a bye week, that can't happen. Simply can't happen. It's got to be better. And then on offense, uh, there's a couple of things. Robert Scott did get into this game today. It was around the third series that I first saw him. Uh, But you know that Darius Washington played the left side, Byers on the right. Les Harris was not available today. Uh, So there was some shuffling on the offensive line. Uh, But Robert needs to get right. I think that's a big piece to the puzzle. And then I think Jordan Travis has to be much more accurate with his downfield throws. This is now a thing. You know, I was hoping it wasn't a thing. It started in the Southern Miss game, even before he got hurt against BC. A lot of underthrows in that game. And it just seems strange because you've got these targets that are wide open down the field, like a Deuce Span or a Darion or a Keon in that night. Uh, and he couldn't hit him with consistency. Today, you had a couple of more deep shots where the ball is just underthrown. Like, Gene, it, it's not always a bad thing. The Destin Hill play is allowing your guy to make an adjustment and go after the football. But when you've got Ja'Kai Douglas streaking down the field wide open or Johnny Wilson like we've had yeah. several times. Ja'Kai's fast. He's got, he's got a – you don't need to throw him. Yeah, exactly. The uh, the throw to Jaheim Bell last, last game against Clemson where his arm gets tugged is probably the best deep ball throw I've seen from Jordan in a minute. Yeah. But – He's got to be a little bit more consistent there. If if these things all fall together, Marlon, I think you, you have the, the makings for a great team. But uh, they also need to be better on special teams from kick coverage, too. I mean, like, you know, uh, Gene, they've never been really that great at it. You know, I, I just, no. I, yeah. Well, they usually kick it out of the end zone. It's not an issue. We don't see that many actual right. coverages. And that maybe that's it. Look, they, maybe they need to see more in real games. Because you get this is the toughest thing. As much as they do special teams, Tom, and you see it, yeah. I don't know there's any coaching staff in America that spends as much time on special teams, but you're not, you're never going live. Yep. And it's a different thing. It's a different speed. It's a different deal when you're going live. So maybe the fact they saw this, they can see some stuff on film and they won't miss those gaps the next time this comes up. Yep. Agreed. Uh, let's see. Now we go to Gene and Ocala, one of our favorites. Gene loves the namesake on the right yes. side of the screen, but now to Ocala for the 24th time. Welcome to the program, Gene. What say you tonight, sir? What's going on, Tom? What's happening, Gene? Hey, Gene. What's going on, fellas? How y'all doing? Man, we're doing good. Five and oh. Five and oh, Gene. That's a good place to be. Five and oh. We're eleven and oh in the last eleven. We've scored yep. over thirty points in the last eleven games. I mean, we're we, we should we we should really not be sitting on this perch complaining about too many things right now, especially after that night. 
that loaf of night against Jacksonville State. Or the last time we played against Virginia Tech and we were watching Diamond Formations from left and to the right, like we're watching the U.S. Open, left and to the right, right and to the left. Um, just feeling, uh, just, I just got one question for you guys. I'm going to let you go. Why are we subbing in this second team or third team or whoever early and not letting these starting defensive, starting Peyton verse, I don't know whether Bethune got hurt. That was something that was, since we had number 18 out there. I know I asked for number 18 to be uh, prevalent this week, but it just seemed like it was a little too early. And he was being told almost on every play where to go and what to do by the loach. Yep. Um, just subbing in so early. And, you know, again, Toa Philly, love him. But is Toa Philly willing to run that you want to get the hard two yards, or do you want – Craig Benson, who had over 200 yards rushing. Again, we're just nitpicking. Hopefully, we're getting that one percent better every day, getting better every game. And like, uh, like the last caller, but if we get to this stretch for Miami and, and looking down into Florida, I just hope that we can up the ante and do the things that we need to do. Hey, thank you guys for what you all do. I appreciate you sipping on a little of that. Uh, I know Ciroc, uh Brandy tonight hosting five and oh eleven and oh go nose y'all have a good nice. day. thank you thank you Gene all thank right well Ciroc Brandy good choice that is classy in Ocala for uh, for Gene and Ocala yeah Gene uh, this is uh, an issue that I have like I get it you're playing the long game in a sense to keep guys yeah. fresh <clears throat> but I mean we, we go back to even. Um, Boston College. It's ten. It almost cost you the game doing that. And, and it was ten to ten. And you've got your backup linebackers and backup D linemen in there. So it's it's not a guard. You don't even have a, a one score lead, a two score lead. This is what they're going to do. Uh, it clearly they're not stopping when it goes to when it comes to the rotation of some of their backups. And sometimes, Gene, it happens after a long lull. It's almost like it, there's a schedule, predetermined schedule about what drive somebody's going yeah. to go in, because you know uh, there was a, a situation in the second half where you've got Gilbert, Edmund, and Byron. I thought Gilbert played well tonight, by the way, but Gilbert and Byron are in the game, and there's been a long break from the previous series in which Jared Verse was very good. So, I mean, he's fresh. He can come off the sidelines and he can play, but they choose not to. Uh, I think it's playing with fire a little bit, but it's clearly something that they want to do for the long-term benefit. Yeah. The expensive, maybe risking the short-term, but what do you think? Yeah, we yeah. talked about that earlier. Oh, yeah. I mean, Mike Norvell is playing the long game. He's playing the long game in terms of the game itself to keep those defenders fresh. And he's also playing the long game in terms of season. These guys get less exposure in the game, less wore down. There's less chance of injury. When they're playing Florida at the end of the season, the game might be on the line. You've got a fresh, healthy defensive front seven. I mean, or the whole defense. And that's what he's thinking. But you're right, Tom. We've seen it at times where it can potentially cost. It almost cost you the Boston College game by putting these guys in. And that goes back to my comment about the mental attitude of this team is I still wonder sometimes these lapses are it almost is a sign we're not taking this team too seriously we got them on the ropes we could have the knockout punch it's 22 nothing but you know we're going to put in a bunch of subs at this point they go in and and then they get the momentum back when they were completely out of the game yeah you know you could have had one more stop one more score and they're just completely given up at that point and then you can put your guys in the second half I get, but I understand I'm not saying he's doing the wrong thing but it is not it, it does come with some risk by doing that, and I understand what Gene's saying and all that too. But in the day, you're five and zero. Oh, this really wasn't that scary. Everything's fine. Yeah. But we'll see if it costs him a game. It, I'm, 
I think you need to understand your opponent and your situation. I don't want to see them do this against Miami. Let's say Miami is maybe their only one loss. Let's hypothetically, they're top 15. It's a rivalry game. I don't think you need to do that in this that game. Yeah. Next, you know, next week, if you want to do that against Syracuse, I, I don't necessarily have a problem with it. But I think you need to understand your opponent when you're doing that. Yeah. The other benefit is long term for development of younger players. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not just about, you know, the end of this season, but for their future development. But, you know, this this game did get dicey uh, for a minute. I'm not ignoring that. So they return the kickoff for a touchdown to start the second half. You know, it's a one score game. Yeah. And sometimes you get lucky with a camera shot. So they cut over to the sidelines and you see Mike Norvell with a worried look on his face yeah. he and papuchas are walking in one direction and then jordan's in the far side uh, part of the shot and you see jordan locking in and getting ready to go but then mike goes down into that that squat position on the sideline <laughs> which is what he does when he's feeling it a little bit like oh man okay but how nice that the very next play for benson at Towson. i mean yeah. that was like you just took that simulation just took that huge collective breath at that point like okay we're gonna be okay here that yeah. was a little scare there for a minute but now what this ain't happening today which is why Trey needs to break the rock because, Gene, it wasn't just yeah, about but... chunk plays that didn't have material impact. That's probably the, the backbreaker of the game is when they return the kick and Trey responds. Well, think of their right. mentality. Think of Virginia Tech like, oh, my God, we're in a one-score yeah. game. We actually have a shot here. And then they look around, oh, crap, he just went 85 yards. We're done. It's uh, This team does respond, and that's one of the yeah. things that Mike Norvell loves to talk about, always has, about the response. You don't like when you get in a situation that you have to respond to because it means something bad yeah. has happened, but they are tough, man. This this group, we can talk about and nitpick on certain things, but they're tough, Gene. I, there's no question about that. Uh, now, for the 37th time in War Chant TV history, we go to New York to talk to Josh in New York. Welcome to the program, Josh. Tommy, Tom, and Gino! <laughs> Woo, Josh is fired up. Because we won. I mean, that, that's why I am fired up, because we won. But also, I just want to take a point of personal privilege. Thank you to Florida State. For those that don't know, I am a, a basketball coach, and Florida State is hosting one of my guys this weekend. Oh. So thank you, Coach Hamilton. Just wanted to say that for everybody that loves sports. I have two of my guys also getting recruited. Now, back to the game. I love the fact that we are rotating guys. I love that fact. I love the fact that we are rotating guys because we need to be fresh. We saw what happened when Fabian Lovett went down last year, and our, we, we just started getting gashed, right? So I think Mike learned that. And then as I'm looking at the schedule, I'm like, well, you know, if you want to get these freshmen in before their fourth game, where can you get them in? And the only home games that we had was Virginia Tech, Syracuse, Miami, North Alabama, and Duke, right? So, like, you, you got to get them in at some point because you probably don't want to do it on the road. So I, I, I understand what Mike was doing and, 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 like, trying to get these guys to play. But I did get nervous. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we <laughs> – but we, we, we righted the ship the right way. And, and Trey Benson decided that today he was going to run like hungry Trey and not – you know, I'm looking to be a first-round pick, Trey. And I love that uh, full-throated. Full but I just want to know you, your guys' thoughts on this one last thing. is: Did, did you guys think that Conrad Hussey, do you think that he has a chance to be in the lineup way more? Because I was impressed with that kid 
like no other. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you all. Go Knowles. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Josh. Good call. Congratulations to Josh for being the first basketball coach with a New York accent in the history of the sport. So there you go. <laughs> uh, Gene, do you want to start with Conrad Hussey, or do you want uh, you? Want yeah, to we mentioned it. Yeah, sure. I mean, like you said, there is an opening for another contributor in that defensive backfield. There absolutely is. We saw it, especially when Akeem went down. I mean, they, whoever – we were, there were some struggles back there. They needed some more help, so they need another guy to be in that rotation or if there's another injury to step in and fill in. And Conrad made a nice statement today that, you know, I'm here. I might be able to do some things for you, Coach. So I absolutely think he's earned more playing time. And like I said, I think next week should be another good situation for Florida State where we maybe see some more time. And, again, I think on the whole I'm for the long game and them doing this. On a whole, I am – I understand there is a negative, potential negative. We've seen that. We saw a little bit in this game. We saw it in the BC game. But on the whole, you got to look at the bigger picture. Florida State wants to run the table. They want to win the ACC. They went and get the playoffs. Your best chance of doing that is to have healthy, fresh players at the end of the year. And this is how I get there. Sure, there's a slight chance you might, because of these, one of these young guys might make a big mistake in the game, and it could theoretically cost you. But you got to look at the bigger picture. Yeah, Conrad Hussey uh, is a passionate player. He's a passionate kid. I can tell you from practice, he has fiery moments in practice. So the way he plays is the way he is. Sometimes guys have a personality and they're quiet as a mouse, and then they get on the field and they're killers. And you're like, wow, they must flip a switch. Conrad plays the way he is, which is emotion-laden, uh, passionate. Um, and they trusted him, Gene, early on in the season. It was the Southern Miss game, I'll grant you. Uh, but he got in when there no, no other reserves were in at safety and they did have a Keem Dent was healthy. So if you're looking for like a first man up from the freshman on, on the defensive side of the ball, Adam Fuller is telling you that they trust Conrad Hussey at the top of that list to get into a rotation. Uh, I will say it is refreshing to see somebody come downhill and make a play. Uh, we don't have a ton of that. Uh, Renardo Green is very good at that specific thing. And when, when there are throws, Gene, to the to the flats for the bubble, we defend that brilliantly and we do get downhill and we're physical. But at the middle of the line of scrimmage, linebackers are okay at it. But you don't have somebody like LaMarcus Joyner who's flying like a bat out of hell and, and who intends to hurt you in a legal manner. Conrad already, in his brief Florida State tenure, says that's what he's going to be about. So if they can trust him with the between-the-ears part of the game, yeah, Josh, there's a really good chance that, that he's going to be a part of the rotation because uh, they need the help at safety, Gene. That's probably outside of linebacker, the place they need the most the help. Less depth, absolutely. And I'm glad you brought up the kind of the physicality, the emotional part of it, because I think that's something the defense needs to. At times, it seems like they're kind of sleepwalking out there. There's not enough fire in their bellies. So if you get someone out there who can help feed that fire, I'm, I'm 100% for it. The one thing I'll say is whether it's Hussey or a veteran, we just have, we do need to communicate better defensively. We now go to the promo man himself for the 89th time on War Chant TV. He's closing in on a C note, Gene. This is Wes in the Villages. What's going on, Wes? Welcome to the program, sir. Gene, Tom, what's going on, fellas? Gene, sorry I missed you earlier today at Indigo. I was asking about you. Oh, yeah. I I will say for me, I this time I didn't make it out there. It wasn't me. It was parents' weekend. My my daughter's a senior at Florida State, so she had us bouncing around doing some tailgating and hitting various fraternities and sororities during the day. So I had a good time. But, yeah, unfortunately, I missed it a good day. But hopefully I'll see you the next game, Wes. Yes, I'll be back for uh, Duke. 
So after being there and watching the game, my biggest takeaway is we still yet to play a complete game for all four quarters. Yeah. And yet we're still five and zero. Oh. So how much can you really complain? There's definitely nitpicking and there's things to work on. Um, after that opening kickoff in the second half for a touchdown, I was the same way. Like, great, here we go. Got a few more gray hairs. And then when Trey ripped off that run, I'm like, okay, here we go. We can settle back in. Um, so there's still things to work on. Uh, you like the win. Um, clearly, we're not going to get dropped this week since Texas lost, so that's a positive. But uh, I, I guess the hope is we're almost halfway through the season. When are we going to play a complete game? It, it's amazing to be undefeated and still have not played a complete game across the board. So hopefully they can put it together or otherwise somebody's going to sneak up on us and we're going to get bitten. So my, my biggest thing is that they get this thing figured out. So that doesn't happen. What about you guys? Kind of the same thing. Yeah, I mean, I got on that earlier, Wes, and that's one of the reasons why I said I, I, if I'm laying odds right now, I say FSU does not finish the regular season undefeated, and it's exactly because of this, because they have these lapses in games, and I think one of these games is going to cost them. I think some of it's correctable, though, um, but I will also say in defense of FSU, show me a lot of these undefeated teams that have had a complete game. I mean, you look at Georgia, every game they played, I don't think they played a complete game. I know they're they're up early in this game. Um, a lot of those teams have not had complete games. So, you know, they're still working these things out. So I, there's no team in college football that's just looked great so far. So I give them a break for that. But you're right. I do think they're really putting themselves in a position to drop a game at some point this season. Hey, headliners and elite headliners. It's Ira here, and it's time to talk Shopify. As you remember, a couple of years ago, we wanted to create and sell headlines merch for the best podcast listeners in the world. That's you. But we had no idea where to get started. Now we're selling Yay Sausage shirts and it's so easy. All because we use Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're a startup working out of your man cave or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool you need to grow your business without all the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. You could be selling Don Julio socks from Shopify's in-person point-of-sale system or offering headliner shirts from Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform. Whatever you need, you're covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love most about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up today for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase, and they'll help you grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Go to shopify.com slash warchant. Wes, you got a promo for us? <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. Tom, good seeing you today, buddy. And you guys uh, keep up the great work. I love Coach Speak. I love all the content. For everybody that hasn't already hit the like button, smash that bad boy. 
Uh, subscribe to WorkChamp.com, the best in the business. Get in some DeLuna coffee, support support everybody. Get in on the battles in, everything you can do to support this team. Y'all be good. Go Noles. Have a good night, fellas. There it is. Excellent. Good night, Wes. And yeah, someone brought up in our chat too, Ohio State was struggling with Maryland. Yeah. The, the evil Maryland today, and that's another undefeated team. So a lot, you know, it is very common. More often than not, these undefeated top 10, top five teams don't play complete games every week. They just don't. Not this season. There, there are some years where you see there are machines, and there just yeah. aren't any out there right now. Uh, maybe some might emerge before the end of the month, and there's still room and time for Florida State to do that. Uh, you, you can't take points off the board, Gene. I understand this. But if you look at Florida State's offense and Florida State's defense and what they produced – it's a whitewashing today. Florida State produces nearly 40, Virginia Tech 10. It's the, the kickoff return kills you, but if you think about it that way in terms of the two main phases of the game, uh, there's more positive than there is negative. It's not a home run, but I think it's a solid single or a double into the gap today. Yeah. It's, it, it's a pretty good effort. Wes, good to see you today, my brother. I hope you drive home and your drive back to the villages is safe. We now go, all right, buckle down, because the officials weren't great today. We're talking to a pillar. He doesn't like the zebras. So we're talking to Eric Angel in Tallahassee. Pillar Eric, formerly a Cincinnati, but now he's down in Tally. Eric, you get one, so use it yeah. wisely. Yeah, be careful, Eric. Tally, what's going on? Well, hey, Eric. Good to hear from you, brother. 5-0, and oh, go ahead. Yeah, man. G. 5-0, oh, baby. Man, I'll tell you what. Does a ref know from targeting or not? And uh, they didn't even review Johnny's target. That would made me mad. Made, matter of fact, it made our whole section mad. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they called it on Jordan Frank because he's the he's the quarterback. I get that. But it looked like that dude hit Johnny right in the crown of the helmet. I couldn't really tell. But Johnny went down. Luckily, he's all right. And then it's like, hey, ref, man, the guy was in the neutral zone. And we get a false start. I'm screaming at the top of the lung. The guy's in the neutral zone. And then that one, it was a drop ball. It hit the ground, and then they didn't call it. The ref was standing right there. Oh, I noticed on the replay, the ball that scraped the that scraped the ground on that play, and they missed that one too. Shocking! It didn't get reviewed. Right. Yep. And yeah, I mean, it's only like Wes is saying, it's going to bite us in the in the butt because one of these games, I mean, we're going to lose by the refs, and that's going to be crazy. And uh. But, yeah, I, I love everybody. I saw Tom and uh, Jeff today. And you know what? We're fucking vibing There's his one. There's his one. There you go. That's a great way to, to walk it off. <laughs> Thanks, Eric. Thanks, with the Eric. With the walk-off F-bomb. Yeah, thank you for, the, uh, for coming out to Indigo. To those of you who came by today, it was a great time. The weather could not have been better. Oh. Uh, it was fantastic. Yes. The register sausage was delicious the uh the cocktails were flowing we had a great crowd out there so we hope to see you next week time to be determined based upon the kickoff so we'll keep you posted yep. on war channel the fans want this the late game and we're kind of selfishly hoping for the noon game but yep so gene i think you said it before but the moment you exhaled today and said okay they're fine was when well right after benson's run right after the kickoff return for a touch and i just knew there's when you answer that f- quickly and that emphatically that momentum, because let's face it, they had all the momentum through the second quarter in the halftime, and then it continued with that kickoff return. And I'm like, we all know anybody who's followed college football for a while knows how important momentum is. Yeah. And that's how the underdog pulls these things off as a momentum. And you just kicked the crap out of that momentum in one play. And I knew 
just how college football is. It sucked the life out of Virginia Tech, and it gave Florida State that confidence back. And I just knew you can't have a play like that and not turn the tables, and it did. So we have a, a last call here for callers. Another five minutes. We'll keep the lines open. We already have one in the queue, and he's calling from Hawaii. We'll go there in just a moment. But now a word from our friends at DeLuna Coffee. This is not a commercial, but rather a live read for the director behind the scenes. Imagine that you can get the coffee that you've always dreamed about. It is DeLuna Coffee and their delicious products. Everything from dark roasts, like the Voodoo Blend, which is buy one, get one free right now on DeLunaCoffee.com. Buy one, get one free of the Voodoo Espresso Blend. It'll get your morning going. It'll get your, Let's say you go to the block party on a Friday night in Tallahassee, and maybe you stayed out just a little bit too late, and you need a kick in the pants to get going on a Saturday. Well, the Voodoo is there to help you. Maybe it's just a normal work day. Get the Voodoo Blend or the Blue Angels Blend or the Hurricane Italian Roast Blend. So many choices at DeLunaCoffee.com, also in Publix at the Florida Locals section. FSU alumni owned and operated Ed and Brett Lemmicks have a combined 30 years of experience in the coffee industry and a percentage of proceeds from three of their blends. The Blue Angels, the Midnight Shift, and the High Noon Lawman's Blend go to the U.S. Navy Morale, Welfare, and Recreation Program, the Rally Foundation of Pensacola, and the Escambia County Sheriff's Foundation, respectively. So these are gentlemen who give back. They don't just support us. They support their community. More information for you at DeLunaCoffee.com. All right, our next caller is from Hawaii. It is Spartan Noel. Looking forward to talking to him every single week. And he'll be back stateside in Tallahassee in just a couple short weeks. We now go to Spartan Noel, Ralph in Hawaii. What's up, Ralph? How are you tonight? Uh, aloha, everyone. How is everyone? How's it? How's it, Ralph? I'm blessed. Sorry, I didn't mean to uh, not answer your question, Tom. I am blessed. How is everyone? We're 5-0, and oh, brother. Great. Doing okay. Absolutely, and that brings me exactly to the point I want to make. I don't want to tie up the line, but I, I see a lot of people out there complaining, fire this guy, replace this guy, whatever, and that's certainly your right if that's how you want to choose to live your life. I know we expect this team, and we want this team to dominate, but for me, it's more important that this team is learning how to win those key moments to turn the tide or stave off disaster. And that is going to pay big dividends as we get deeper into the schedule and maybe even the playoffs, which is where I believe we're going. I have been through my own personal life experiences in the Marines in combat, and I can tell you the superior force does not always win every moment of every day. I, I can tell you that with all of my heart. But these guys are winning the moment when it's important. So for everybody else, Oh, we lost Ralph. Did we lose Ralph? So oh. he, that was an excellent call, too. Oh, yeah, he was he was rolling right there. Yeah, he was. It dropped, straight drop. So, Ralph, mm, uh, Ralph. well taken, and as always, uh, Ralph decorated in his uh, career in the Marines, so we yes, appreciate we, what he did for us. Uh, yeah, Gene, this is a, a team that has already had dividends paid in a big way for responding in the moment, and that would be the stretch run against Clemson when Clemson's going down the field with a one-score lead and they turn it on its head with a Kalen Deloach blitz, scoop, and score touchdown. Overtime against Clemson, you're in a second and nine, and you make the throw that you have to make, and then you get off the field with a stop. So they've already shown that they can do that in a rivalry setting, on the road, at a place they haven't won in 10 years. BC at the end of the game. I mean, they, they stepped up at the big time. That, I mean, and that's a good point, Ralph, and I know we're, we're focusing on some – I guess some of the negatives thing, it seems to me it's so correctable 
we know they can play better than this and they shouldn't some of those times put themselves in that situation but you're right in some of these bigger games against a, a, an opponent with equal talent the fact that you have the ability to step up when needed and yeah. respond that could come huge that could pay huge dividends down there whether that's the ACC championship game the playoffs against Florida against Miami whatever it is down the road so no, that's an absolute great point I just see these lapses and I just, I want them to go away because I just know this team is better than that. And it's just, it's a letdown against an inferior opponent. I just, I hate seeing it. We got the running game going. That was important. Yes, yes. that's correct, Sean. Uh, again, if you were waking up today saying, can they run the ball 22 yards is the last thing I remember on the road mm. at Clemson. And the answer was, yeah. They, they had that in the first minute of the game. They already hit they that did. mark. <laughs> You're right. They did. Absolutely right. On the way to a fast start, which is, I'm glad we've seen it because it's the first we've seen of it uh, this full season. A couple people to thank on the side who have contributed to the program, uh, several. So, Director, uh, those contributions, please wipe them up on the screen as you can. Uh, we got David, David Dunbar. Uh, well, we'll go with Matt Diaz. We'll go with Matt. Go ahead. Go ahead, David. Oh. The official robbed AZ Thomas. So ma- They did. They did. Yes, we, still, we need to treat we'll, – we'll do our alternate facts, Gene. We need to treat that as a thing that happened that was an interception that actually occurred. Uh, so because, when I do my stat breakdown, I need to wipe that out and put an interception on there for AZ. And, I mean, Gene, it looks like something you can see. Can he play receiver? I mean, how many DBs oh. can get two feet down like he did? That is That takes some athleticism right there. We've seen that kind of athleticism in practice. Uh, even since he was a true freshman, we are like – Wow. Mm. Uh, but Gene, it looks like a clip of a, of a basketball player, you know, floating yeah. towards the rim. And it just looks like they hang in the air for an extra second. That was mesmerizing uh, by Azaria Thomas. Nick sells ATL. This team does more to kill their momentum than their opponents do, but recover today. Well, and then they put them away. Would help if the refs call the game equally. Yes. Uh, that first we half. We all agree with you, Nick. Yep. And then Nick says uh, he hopes that Johnny Wilson isn't a serious injury. Yeah, uh, it looks like Aaron Rodgers. We'll see. I'm not going to speculate oh, on that. about Rodgers, man. I hope it's not that. It didn't look great, oh. but I'm not going to take a stab at that one. Uh, David Dunbar, defense looks good. Tootin, very dynamic, but no Trey Benson. We hit a slot tonight. Yeah, slot receiver. Douglas beating over the drop. <laughs> yep, yep. And it looked like Douglas might have gotten dinged up on that play, too. Did he? Uh, but that oh. second shot, the first one, he gets kind of tugged around the shoulder. And the one replay didn't look like P.I. The other looked like absolutely it was passing yeah. through. But it's that shot in the second half, Gene. He's like five yards clear down the field. And Jordan had plenty of time to stand tall and fire that ball. And it was still He's still like, I think one of the chatters pointed out when we were talking about that play early. He said he still should have caught it. And he should. He had to come back for the ball because it was underthrown. But the DB didn't break that play up. He had the two hands on the ball. Yeah. You still got to make that catch. Agreed. Um, Let him run under it. And I remember when Jameis went through this his last year in Tampa, he couldn't hit Deshaun Jackson to save his life. It's like, dude, he's open. Please, for the love of God. It seemed like Trey, I mean, it's, I'm sorry, Jordan, it seemed like he was better at that D, but how many times did he hit Ja'Kai on plays like that? It seemed like that was one of the few things he could do extremely well, and he just hasn't done it this season. That's That's the weird thing, is before he was good at many things as a passer, he was excellent at the outside the numbers deep shot, and it's just been inconsistent this year. And Tom, I haven't seen as many practices as you, but the few I've seen, it seems like he does pretty well that practice. This is just not translating to the game. Are you seeing a little bit of that in practice? He's on the deep balls. No, I will tell you specifically in camp because I think that's the easiest way to look at it before maybe he got dinged up in a situation or whatever. Mm-hmm. I didn't see any red flags in camp of him yeah. missing dudes. Uh, I don't, it's strange. It is strange. Bill of the people, thank you very much. Don't forget to mention they got the ball to Biscuit at least once. Yes, Biscuit was out there early today. Uh, the shuffling between he, Morlock, and Jaheim Bell was curious to start the game, Gene, because Jaheim 
uh, wasn't on the field for the first couple of drives. Actually, I got a text from uh, one of my friends and said, is he hurt? Yeah, and that's it, my wonder too. It was a little odd. I, we'll go back at PFF and I will specifically when the first things where that comes out, look at the snaps and see how many actually played. I don't think he played more than a dozen, but may I I wasn't looking every play. Yeah. It seemed like something was going on with him limiting his reps out there, but we'll see. I still I'm still I love Biscuit. I'm still not a fan of using of all the players on a tight end screen. Of all the guys, it seems like uh, again, it, maybe that maybe that would have been Jaheim, but maybe he wasn't up for it. I'd much rather see Jaheim in an open space on a screenplay because I think he's got a chance to house it. No offense to Biscuit, that's yeah. probably unlikely. Uh, John Avery, oh man, John used to uh, work with me at uh, ESPN Radio back in the day. Oh, wow. John, hope everything is going well for you and your wife. Uh, a lot of valid talk about not playing a complete game. Which team did do you feel better about, 2023 or 2014? I'll take a stab at this initially. Okay. Uh, I feel better about the talent on 2014. Mm-hmm. I feel better about the heart of 2023. That's how I would answer that question. What do you think? I mean, in terms of what do you feel better about? You're talking about heart, but better in terms of being able to win a national championship. I still felt better about 2014 because of the talent. That team had effectively already won a national championship. It had Jameis Winston, a Heisman Trophy winner. Mm-hmm. He had elite talent on both sides of the ball. I kept thinking talent will emerge in that game, and I'm still convinced if it wasn't for the game control narrative where they got shoved out to the West Coast where they didn't belong, that team still might have won a national championship. They kind of got screwed in that whole setup. And if Jameis – I think if they don't have that, they were going to come back and win that game too. But they had Dalvin Cook at the time fumbled five times or whatever it was in that game. I still think that team would have gone on and won it. So I was just because of the talent perspective, that team was a lot more talented than this team. Yep. Yeah, they were. Uh, this team – is in a, in a setting this year, Gene, where there aren't a whole lot of other Titans in the sport, though. That's, That's a good point, too. Yeah, anybody, it's anybody. There's five or six teams. Any of them can take it. Z-Chan, the official DMD of Warchan TV, another guest today at Hotel Indigo. If you're not coming to Indigo, you're missing out, folks. It's an incredible view. It's great yeah. food. Uh, a cash bar. Uh, again, the weather was beautiful today. It should continue to be pretty good as, as the season goes along. It, we're talking Knowles. We're hanging out clean bathrooms, like all the things that you want for a tailgate or a yeah, game day yeah. experience. It's great. And he's at job's not, Tom's not exaggerating with the view, man. You out there, this huge deck on the seventh floor. And it's just all you see, like right below us is the, if you know the intramural fields right below is the intramural fields with all tailgating and Doe Campbell is right there in view on a beautiful sunny afternoon. That's where you want to be. Incredible hospitality too. Jay Green runs a hell of a mm-hmm. thing over there. Hell of an operation. So uh, Z Chan says it wasn't real pretty, but we got the W praise of the Lord. Who gets the crown? So the DMD wants to give the official mm-hmm. crown of the game. Gene, I, I think you're going probably number three on offense. Oh, he's a since he's a dentist, he's talking about a crown like yes, back here. Exactly. Okay, yeah. those kind of crowns. All right. Well, <laughs> no, I mean it's Benson. Like I said, not only you, you made it the point, Tom. Not only did he run for 200 yards, but he had the play, the turning point of the game, and it looked like it might be getting a real little dicey, and people are getting nervous. He answered the bell with that long run for the touchdown. That to me, that ended the game. So 100% Trey, with an honorable mention to Conrad Hussey. I will go off the board since you took that. It's the correct answer. Uh, but I'm going to go with the offensive coaching staff in this game. They, there are new Ooh. wrinkles. They put some new wrinkles out there. We love to harp on it when things don't go well. Were they perfect today? No, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but there are some new wrinkles in the run game that other teams will need to consider. Good job. I like what they did with the self-scout over the bye week. Nolbuck, 83. Worry that Jordan seems to be off until Hussey. We didn't mm-hmm. see physicality on defense. There was some physicality before that, but I, I take your point, Nolbuck. The Hussey play brought inspiration along with it. There's no doubt about that. But, I mean, isn't that, it seems like this changed a lot for me. When I grew up in the 80s and 90s, you know, going to school and watching this team back then, there were hits all over the place. But I think 
I mean, college football, I'm sorry, and even pros to some extent have been neutered a little bit because the fear of being flagged up. I mean, we all held our breath when Hussey made that hit, right? Tom, yeah. was it, you thought that was – did you – what odds did you think the flag was going to be thrown then? I thought it was better in 50-50 there was going to be a flag there. Uh, I knew I was, it was legal when I saw it. I get hit. It was yeah. a shoulder. It was legal. But when you have a vicious hit like that, especially when it's Florida State, it seems like more often than not they get the flag. Yeah, I expected uh, that a flag was coming and then it would be wiped away after review. I'm just glad it never happened. And, you know, Pry is crying about it on the sidelines, and they show the replay. It was so clean, Gene. You know what it reminded me of was the hit that um, Greg Reed laid on Lattimore in 10 in the, in the Peach yeah, Bowl. Yeah, it was a similar type of thing. Because it, it, it's he, it's downhill, but he's in the strike zone. Like, he he nails it right in the strike zone where you're going to hit a guy if you're going to be vicious. It, and, it, did you notice that, too, on that play? And we'll get to you in a minute, Kim. But you notice in that play, so what happened after that play? Their head coach, two or three other coaches, were like five yards into the field. Yep. During the whole thing. And then like two plays later, Florida State gets a sideline warning. I'm like, because I'm noticing all their coaches on the film field. And I'm like, what? Yep. why is there no warning going on here? Right. And they're right by the officials wandering around complaining about the play. I wonder if that Bostonian ref is a BC grad or something. <laughs> pissed off about 31 to 29. Because that, that first half from that crew was egregious. <sighs> so uh, on that note, Kim, thank you very much. Sending love back to you and your wife. Can you explain the crackback block? Okay. So this is a, a play for... Um, it's Virginia Tech, and I forget who they complete the play to, or was it a quarterback scramble? I don't remember the circumstances, uh, but a receiver down the field, Gene, blindside smashes into, I think it was Azaria. I'm going to go with Azaria. I could be wrong there. But it's one of those, um, if you recall, years and years ago, Warren Sapp had an amazing hit on a guy named Chad Clifton, I think it was, for the Packers. And there was a fight that got started on the field after that. And the NFL after that play happened, started to call illegal crackback blocks, which is if somebody who's pursuing a play doesn't see you coming, you can mm -hmm. wall them off, but you can't light into them with all your might. And right. uh, that's exactly what happened in that situation. It's a big play for Virginia Tech. They're getting into Florida State territories in the second quarter, and there's no call on it. So I can't explain why there wasn't a flag, but that is the nature of what the call is, which is just, I mean, you're not allowed to blindside people anymore and earhole them, as they used to say, Gene. That was something that was a staple of the glory days uh, for the Knowles and other teams in the 90s. That's just not how football's played anymore. Yeah, and that goes back earlier. We said before about why you see fewer hits. I mean, just because they're they're more apt to be lit up. And to some extent, I'm fine with it. It's safety of the game, especially guys five yards out of bounds. You don't need to line them up. If somebody's quarterback sliding, you don't need to target them in the helmet. So some of it's good stuff. And unfortunately, I think they go way too far the other way. But that's that was one instance on the other side where they just completely missed it. Yeah, agreed. Uh, we have uh, one caller in the hopper. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, but in that break, you're going to get an NFL Knowles report. So what Knowles are playing in the NFL nice. this weekend? Director Ben's going to let you know, and a word from our friends at DeLuna. This is the War Chant Game Day postgame call-in show brewed up by DeLuna Coffee. The finest football program in the state and rolling into 2023 with a Heisman contender. Stay connected with everything Florida State over at the ultimate seminal sports source, warchant.com. Expert insight from five-star Irish O'Fell, the wit and perspective of FSU Encyclopedia Corey Clark, the latest on FSU recruiting with entrenched reporter Michael Langston, and the most active community of FSU fans anywhere. Warchant.com is part of the On3 network with a national team of reporters and resources that have created industry-leading consensus recruiting ratings, transfer portal rankings, and NIL analytics. Head over to Warchant.com to take advantage of this offer as FSU has into a 2023 season with sky-high expectations.
Ben Spicer here, hacking the airwaves on War Chant TV during this commercial break to bring you this Knowles in the NFL report. Week four, former Florida State standouts, and week five for one Demarcus Walker. Let's look at how former FSU players did in the NFL over the last week. We'll start with Demarcus Walker, as we mentioned, the only former Florida State player who's already in week five, helped lead the Bears to their first win of the season, four combined tackles and a sack. The Bears knocked off Washington on Thursday. Asante Samuel Jr. for the Los Angeles Chargers. Six total tackles, one pass deflection, and most importantly, the game-sealing interception and a 24-17 win over Las Vegas. Up to Philadelphia, where Josh Sweat had five total tackles, one sack, and a Week 4 win over Washington. That was a 34-31 Philadelphia victory. And Mario Edwards Jr. for Seattle. Three total tackles, one sack, one pass deflection, and one forced fumble in a 24-3 win over the New York Giants. Cam Akers made his debut with Minnesota. Five carries for 40 yards, two catches for 11 yards in his Vikings debut, which was a win over Carolina. We'll take it back out to War Chant Game Day. That's a look at Knowles in the NFL. Picture this, Saturday morning, November the 4th, 9 a.m. Game day's on your TV, and FSU has dismantled their ACC schedule to this point. They're 8-0. Kirk, Reese, McAfee, and Desmond are debating whether the Knowles are going to be the number one or number two seed in the playoff, and JT13 is the front man for the Heisman. Life's pretty good, and guess what? It's going to get better, because your DeLuna Coffee War Chant bundle came in the mail yesterday. You tell your wife, I'm not superstitious, as you pour your DeLuna Voodoo Coffee blend into your new stainless steel tumbler. You add a scoop of cocoa to die for from DeLuna and mutter a curse under your breath onto the pit secondary. No voodoo necessary for that, though. The opponent was doomed from the start. Johnny and Keon, they don't need DeLuna's help to make the opponent's life a living hell. But in honor of the 2023 FSU offense, enjoy the DeLuna Coffee Pick Your Poison Bundle. Check the drop-down menu for all available options. Wake up and enjoy DeLuna Coffee today. Head to DeLunaCoffee.com. That's DeLunaCoffee.com. As always, from west of I-4 all the way to the Florida Panhandle, the Florida Locals section in Publix is where you'll find DeLuna Coffee. And if you don't find them there in that section, talk to the manager. They will put in a request, and DeLuna will appear in a store near you. So, Gene, before we go to the caller, uh, our final caller of the night from Panama City Beach, uh, coming up on the website tomorrow morning is Pro Football Focus Grades. You do the drop around brunch time, I say, right? Brunch is usually uh, that. that yeah, yeah, it should be. You know, I tried to get this is a little easier on these uh, these days when I'm, we're not up till three in the morning covering a game to get that up. So, yeah, we'll have and I'll have some relevant snap counts grades. And I know some people, a lot of people want to complain about PFF and there's always one or two outliers. Uh, out there all the time but I mean the one thing they're looking at the all 22 film we're not seeing that what we see on tv sometimes is very different than what they get so I think it's a good barometer to me I find the most interesting really like I said the snap counts and I'm curious to look at this time especially on the defensive side of the ball you know how many snaps do those guys get it may tell you something we may not find out about Jaheim Bell but if it shows there's only 11 snaps yep. you go okay there's obviously something wrong maybe he's not physically 100 so you get little things the coaches may not tell you something but the snap counts and some of the others who do tell you the real truth of what's going on so some of that stuff will be available to war chance subscribers on the tribal council usually by about 11 11 10 11 a.m we'll have that up for you and another guy to look for tomorrow is tatum bethune 
Uh, we saw a lot of other linebackers today, uh, but Tatum Bethune yeah. will be interesting to see. Uh, also on the site tonight, it'll be up shortly in the next hour, I'd say. Corey Clark's game column, that's always a keeper. I'm interested to hear what he says about tonight's game. I thought it was ho-hum. I call it a firm handshake of a game. Nothing great, but uh, you did what you set out to do, and now you move forward to Syracuse. Let's see what Corey's take will be. Warchant.com is the place to go for that. Folks, it's a dollar for a month to give us a shot. We would love to earn your business. It's a dollar to sign up for a month. Mm -hmm. If you don't like it, you don't have to stick around, but you're going to love it. You're going to love it. It's the biggest FSU fan community in the business. We've got a multimedia network that is second to none, but the site itself is a place to be. And if you haven't seen yet on Warchant TV, the video of previewing this weekend's visitors, Michael and I put together a video, Michael mm -hmm. Langston, uh, earlier this week. Dozens and that's the thing that you need to get the inside scoop on recruiting. Michael and Matt Lasser working their butts off right now, getting all this information for you on the pr premium recruiting board, and that's where you get all the information. So you want that inside scoop on recruiting? That's where to go. And that's when the people are very frustrated. Like, where's all the recruiting information? Well, Florida State hasn't hosted a home game in a month, right? So now they're getting these kids on campus. You think it's big now? Wait till that Duke game. Went to the Miami game. There's going to be so many kids on campus. And uh, closing on a top five class, so it's 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 pretty remarkable right now what they're doing to get all that information. Again, just a buck, get yep. you in the door, and you'll love it. And we would love again, as I say, to earn your business. Uh, you will not be disappointed with what you see at Warchant.com. We now go to PCB, and we're talking to John in Panama City Beach. Third time he's called us on Warchant TV. Good evening, John. Welcome to the program. Hey, gentlemen. I appreciate you taking my call. Uh, Consume all the war chant content, and I really appreciate how much you you all keep us really informed. Because you know, I talk to other fan bases, and they don't know nearly as much about their teams as Seminole fans do. And we really appreciate all that. Thank I you. um, I'm not as disappointed. Actually, I, I'm not disappointed at all after this game. I was I was rather disappointed and I was really frustrated after the Clemson game. I just saw all the flaws of the team and I nitpicked and nitpicked and nitpicked. And then I realized they're still growing and they're undefeated. You gotta take a win where you can. And then this game, and Gene, you were talking about it earlier, the Benson run after they gave up the uh the uh the, the touchdown return, the kickoff return. The team responded. It's like they shut the door. They said, hell no, we're not doing this. And they shut it down. Yeah, they had some moments here or there. But the team's learning. They're responding. It's like they have all these weapons and they have all these pieces. And not only are they playing the opponent, but they're playing the expectations that not only the fans have for them, but they have for themselves. They have to register all these stats. They have to put up 50 points on everybody because they're supposed to. And now I, what I saw a little bit tonight was, or today, they just stopped, took a deep breath, and won the game. That's what they need to do and they need to focus on right now. They need to, they need to kind of shrink it down. And, uh, you, know, yeah, you know, granted, it's not pretty. It's not pretty. They could be doing so much better than what they are, but they're still undefeated. And they're probably going to be number three or number four this weekend. And they've got time to fix it. I don't know. Yeah. No, it's a good call, John. Yeah, you nailed it, John. I think you're absolutely right. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, it is a win, and they won 
pretty close to what the spread was about what everybody expected. And they're in a perfect position to, to get, meet all their goals for this season. The, the sky's still the limit. And there's, I think, again, it's, a lot of this stuff is very correctable. That's a positive. There's some little things here and there, some breakdowns on the offensive line, you know, some lapses here and there. But yeah, on the whole, man, you got to be extremely encouraged if you're a Florida State fan. Yep, they did what they set out to do. And through the chaos that is a post game of covering Florida State athletics, we now go to the field level of Bobby Bowden Field for managing editor Ira Schofel, who is joining us. Ira, thank you. I know it's crazy. It looks like maybe you just get done with the wrap. Thank you for making time for us tonight. Yeah, man. Uh, glad to do it. We just, uh, yeah, we just finished up the wrap. Aslan will have that up on the site here in a little while. Well, well I knew when I, when I text you, I'm like, are you guys able to come on? And I know when that happens, like, okay, they're in the wrap. I'm sorry. I'm, you're, I'm sure your phone's buzzing when I'm doing that when I know I don't hear from you. And I guess our, our kind of theme has been, if you want to complain, there's good reason to complain. If you want to be encouraged, you can be encouraged. I, I just, just on the whole, and I know you'll have your thoughts up soon. Corey will have his calm up later tonight to get the thoughts and I guess your impressions of how, how do you stack this game? I mean, they just missed covering by a point too. And so they were right about what Vegas expected. Yeah. I think there were some things to love about this game. The first quarter was incredible. I mean, that was exactly what we wanted to see. They came out and just dismantled Virginia tech and both sides of the ball. It was 22, nothing. Uh, the offense scored three straight times. The defense got stops. Everything looked great. Uh, the second quarter was weird, man. It was, it wasn't like, uh, you know, I asked Mike Norvell if they felt, felt like they got comfortable and lost their edge like we saw at Boston College or maybe at a different time earlier this year. And he didn't think that was the case. And I, I kind of tend to agree with him. I think that, you know, they had a couple of bad calls that went against them. Obviously, the big one that erased the interception by Azaria Thomas, which mm. should have been an incredible interception. Uh, they called Byron Turner for a personal foul, which seems sketchy. Mike Norvell was still pretty hot about it after the game. And then, um, you know, and then they you know had a couple of mistakes, a couple of penalties here or there. Uh, and the offense kind of lost its rhythm. But for them to get it back, you know, when, when Virginia Tech gets that kickoff to start the second half, you start thinking, oh, okay, this could be this could be some pressure here on this team to kind of – because they didn't uh, – that was Corey's big takeaway was that – and I don't want to take his credit for his take. It's a big part of his column. But, you know, when Virginia Tech cuts it to five points, you could see the pressure kind of mount maybe – because that's what happened to Boston College, and they never really kind of dug their way out of that tailspin of Boston College. It was more like Boston College just ran out of time. Well, this was completely different. This team kind of reasserted itself, had the big runs, got a couple stops, and just kind of dominated the end of the game, which was really good to see. Well, Ira, that was it. You brought up that the kick return. I think we all, and they showed, at Tom pointed out, you saw Mike Norvell on the sideline like, uh-oh. Like, you're getting a little nervous at that point. It happened and then to immediately answer, and I'm kind of curious, not being at the game, I mean, to me, that just – it had all that momentum, second quarter, that kickoff return. Virginia Tech had to be feeling their oats. For it to be sucked out on 85-yard play, boom, like that, to me, the game was over at that point. And i just curious, what was the emotions? What did, what was the feel like at Doe Campbell Stadium for that? Yeah, it was a weird game from a, a, in terms of the energy in the stadium today. It's, it's kind of hard to explain. But, you know, like they were so good so early – and then they kind of, you know, again, that second quarter was kind of rough. Well, a lot of the students, this was parents' weekend, so a lot of the students kind of bailed early in the second <laughs> half. I'm sure they want to go maybe have some – go see their family or whatever it was, but there wasn't as much energy in the second half. Um, but I, from, from what it looked like on the field, though, I think was, yeah, man, it was like Florida State kind of swatted them back down to earth. And then the defense, I think, got a three and out there after yeah. that long touchdown run. They that did. was big. Um, Cause you really just felt like, okay, Florida state is the better team when they establish themselves, they can get some separation here. And I think 
Virginia Tech, man, they needed everything to go well in their drives. To, to, I mean, they converted a bunch of fourth downs, and they got them. Give them credit for that. But I think especially once Virginia Tech didn't get that long fourth down, uh, you could feel like Virginia Tech knew the game was over. So I got to ask this again because we get – and I always feel like I must be a homer because it seems like I complain about officiating every freaking game, Ira. And, again, 12 penalties, 99 yards. You mentioned the, the, the questionable personal foul. There was a couple of – is it just us or is Florida State getting the shaft every week? It felt to me there was a, a, several just very questionable calls that went against Florida State in this game. Definitely some just bad officiating. I don't know if it's against Florida State or just bad officiating in general. But, yeah, I mean, there's some big ones. I mean, the Ja'Kai Douglas – where he gets interfered with, I mean, that's going to be a 40-yard completion or whatever. And, uh, again, you're a chance to blow the game open. Then you have the interception negated. Then there's a there's a really bad crackback on one of Virginia Tech's long runs that they didn't call. Mm-hmm. Uh, some holding that probably didn't get called. There's definitely some holding that didn't get called. Um, and Mike Norvell said he needs to do a better job not getting so upset. During that one timeout, man, I tweeted about it at the time, during that one timeout, he called this, the head official over and just reamed him for a good 30 or 40 seconds. And uh, I don't know if the guy ever said a word. He just wore it. It felt like to me, like <laughs> it was like he knew, like he knew that Florida State had been got, gotten some bad calls and then just kind of wore it the whole time. He just kind of nodded his head and let Mike Norvell bend. Uh, but Norvell said he, you know, and I think this is true. When the head coach gets that upset, sometimes it could kind of, it could lead to the players kind of getting distracted by it a little bit. You need to not get distracted. You need to play through it. So I think maybe that's something that they can learn from. I got one more, and then, Tom, I'll let you take over. But I'm just I, – I, I don't think there's a team in college football that spends as much time in practice on special teams. And to see, again, punts bouncing back, the kick return, obviously, for a touchdown. But I know part of the thing is, in Ira, you see all these practices and stuff. You can never run that live. And I wonder if this is a situation where just you don't see these things live. There's only so much you can do in a practice to do it for the coverage teams. Yeah, I, I joked to Corey at – at one point in the second half, I was like, well, maybe they'll spend a little more time on special teams. This week. <laughs> more time? <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I don't know. He's, uh, I haven't seen the replays of the, the kick return. Norvell basically said it, sounded, it seemed like at least one guy, maybe one or two guys uh, kind of blew it there. But it also was weird. I thought from a strategy standpoint, maybe I'm wrong, but it looked like they were letting Virginia Tech return those kicks. It was There was a couple kicks in a row where they didn't have Ryan kick it into the end zone. And it was almost like they wanted those returns. Like sometimes where you, you kick it to around the the the, the, uh, the goal line, hoping they'll return it and you can pick it back. It felt like maybe they got caught uh, playing with fire there. Um, yeah, the punch is weird. I don't know why Keon lets a lot of punch drop. Uh, you know, he's not he's new to it. He has not returned a lot of punts in his career. This was something he's new at at Florida State. He showed some ability, though, when he did catch one yeah. and had a nice little return there. But, yeah, they got to get on those. They need to stop letting so many of them drop. Luckily – None of them really took long rolls. They all kind of only went maybe like five or seven extra yards. Uh, but, yeah, those could end up being 20 or 30-yard differences. All right, Ira, so a couple of things. I'll do the famous Schofield two-part question here and then get you out of here on this one. Uh, but I was of the mindset in the post game that this is kind of like a job well done. It's a firm handshake. You're not doing backflips over it, but there were certain things you wanted to see, like a fast start, which you got. You want to see the running game come to life. It did. You want to see a little bit more aggressiveness out of the defense? Well, they came out and they succeeded right away. The middle of the field was used. So there was a lot of stuff that, that you know, you want to see that you did see. I'm curious to hear what Mike Norvell's tenor was like in the postgame. Did he sound pleased with what he saw? 
And then secondly, we've got to ask any updates on guys like Johnny Wilson or uh, look like Ja'Kai might have gotten dinged up on that second deep shot. And then Tatum Bethune. Any of those names come up in the postgame? Johnny was the only one he was asked about specifically, and he just said, we'll have to see. You know, again, from watching the way he got up was kind of like a little bit – it looked a little woozy the way he had to be helped off the field. And then he walked into – after he went to the injury tent, he walked into the locker room by himself, seemed to be walking fine. So it didn't look like it was anything like lower extremities. Looked like maybe he got a little bit banged up, um, you know, maybe something in the, either in the upper body or maybe in the head. Um, so, but we don't have any kind of indication on how long he might be out. Um, but it was good that he was walking perfectly fine. It's nothing like a, a knee or an ankle or anything. Oh, like that's that. great. Oh, let me interrupt that. Cause Eric Angel brought up when he was at the game and he mentioned, he thought he got hit in the helmet on that play because he was complaining that should have been a spearing on that. I didn't get a good look at it if you saw from that. So we yeah. were all worried about it. it looked like the left knee and the commentators were talking about the left knee kind of maybe giving away. So which are, I mean, hopefully it, I know none of us are doctors. We can't tell for sure. But the fact that so does it sound like maybe it was just maybe he got his bell rung a little bit versus maybe a knee injury we're hoping. Yeah. And that's what I mean. And you don't want to minimize that because obviously that's oh, very sure. serious. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the way it looked more so when he was walking off the field and then the way he walked into the locker room. It didn't seem like he was favoring anything on his lower body. Huh. Uh, so, we'll, you know, we'll see. Um, and then uh, Tatum Bethune, I assume he got banged up early in the game because he did not play a lot. And Blake Nicholson played a ton. That was a good that Blake Nicholson got that playing time. They're excited about that. But, yeah, we didn't get any word on what happened with him or Ja'Kai. Um, but uh, in terms of overall, yeah, I think Mike Norvell felt like, like I think, like you guys do. I mean, I think he felt like, um, you know, he got, definitely could play better definitely made some mistakes that they can correct but he loved the way they responded in the second half again because he's he's learning about this team just like we are you know again that boston college game i'll say it forever bc ran out of time florida state never reasserted itself in that game he was real happy that they reasserted themselves uh, in this game and i think he also thought virginia tech was a little bit more dangerous than some people might think they they played really well against Pitt last week um and so i think overall he was pretty happy with it uh, and I think it's a perfect case. You know, Jordan Travis was really good in the post game today. Jordan Travis, I thought, summed everything up perfectly. He just kept saying, you know, we need to play a perfect, a complete game, and we keep talking about it, but we haven't done it yet. So I think from the standpoint of you've got a convincing win, you're moving forward, you're 5-0, and you go into another game next week against Syracuse, who looks like they're reeling right now, and you still have more meat on the bone. You, you know there's so many things you can still get better at. That's a good place to be, I really think, after five games. I appreciate it. Uh, any uh, promos or anything that you want to push beyond the War Chant wrap coming up on the site tonight and tomorrow morning? Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Yeah, uh, Corey's column is already done. I'm going to go edit that right now and get that up on the site. Uh, I'll have my 321 uh, column coming as well. And then we also have a, a, we'll have a good story tonight on Trey Benson, who uh, had some, it's cool, man. He's the first uh, Florida State back to rush for 200 yards since Dalvin Cook. And uh, interestingly enough, Dalvin Cook actually reached out to him a couple weeks ago, gave, gave him some encouragement texted him today at the game and then you know my guy responds with a 200 yard game his career nice. high. so pretty impressive there so i have a lot on trey benson's big day as well that Sweet. is a cool story can't wait to hear more about that thank you ira have a great night thanks good, work, ira. good night the man the myth the managing yes. editor ira show fell from field the legend the legend Throw isn't that, that a there. cool look too gene like he's on yeah, the field yeah. the lighting system looks a lot better now yeah. these days that, that's a great flight he should join us from the field all the time even when they're on the road stay at home ira and just go to the field and do the report <laughs> we'll just have you have ira no you don't go to the game we're putting you in dope we'll put the game up on the big screen so you can yeah. just watch up there 
exactly. He'll have the coverage uh, from his perspective on the three, two, one column that usually runs Sunday slash Monday somewhere yeah. in there. It's fantastic. Corey's and Mike column. Norvell's up right now too. If you want to see that, that press conference is live on War Chant TV. That's right the now. thing. When I'm done, that's what I do. Just yep. like everybody else out there, I can't wait to watch the rap, the Vitamin Energy War Chant rap, and then watch the press conferences. That's always a good thing to tune into. And uh, I think it sounds like Mike Norvell feels like we do, Gene. Mixed bag, but mostly good, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. And we, we've kind of done it to death in this game. Some positives, some negatives. Ho-ha, but you got the win. You got the win at a decent margin. You sweated a little bit here or there, but you responded when you needed to. So there it is. We hope for the best. I was a little encouraged by what we've heard more about Johnny. And again, I don't want to minimize. We know how serious potential concussions or head injuries can be. And I'm not trying to minimize that. But what I'm saying is that's usually a one week or some one week or two week recovery period versus, you know, a knee could be really, you know, if it's a bad knee situation, we know that can be really bad season ending type thing. So maybe that's encouraging on the whole for his uh, prognosis for the next few weeks. And now we, uh, we say that we will be signing off here. We do not know the next time of our post game show because we have a six day option. So it'll either be after a noon kick with Syracuse or we'll be taking you into Sunday morning yes. after a 7.30 kick. We wait with bated breath. I have shifted to the old man's camp where I like Nooners. <laughs> <laughs> I know that and our you're too young for that, Tom. Come on, man. This is in town hate Nooners, and I hear everybody, you. Everybody listening to us like, no, we want the night game. There's nothing like Saturday night in Doe Campbell Stadium, man. We get to tailgate all day, a little libations going on. <laughs> It'll be hopefully a beautiful night. This will be good stuff. But, yeah, hey, we'll be there for you either way. What what are the odds? And I'm putting the odds at about 65% that it's going to be a night game, Tom. What do you say? I agree. I think it might be a night game, especially after you have an afternoon kick. I I think, you know, Florida State can lobby for these things. I think they'd lobby for a night kick, get the the crowd going. Sure. Uh, We shall see. No matter what time it is, we love to be on the War Champ Post Game Show presented by DeLuna Coffee. And remember, start your day tomorrow. Get your day ready. Get a DeLuna. Check in on anything you missed at warchant.com. The PFF grades will be there by brunch. And then with the NFL, you got to get going. Rev up the machine again for some more football tomorrow. DeLuna Coffee can get you started. Or if you're like me tonight, use the Hurricane Blend and you make yourself a little cocktail with it, which I did. And it's already gone. And my wife is not here tonight, so I don't have a refill waiting for me. So I need to go get some more. Uh, But for Director Ben behind the scenes, Terry, our call screener, who has always been there for us for these post-game shows. Thank you to you both. Everybody who contributed to the program tonight by donating, thank you very much. There's Iron Mike right there as Florida State is 5-0. Thank you to those who contributed uh, to the program. And everybody who's just in the chat and advancing the discussion, we appreciate you. And it is a privilege uh, to be you know, among the voices of the Florida State fan base, Gene. This is one of the coolest jobs in the world. Uh, and we thank you all for being here because without you, we don't exist as a channel. So if you don't mind on the way out to the 600 plus who are still with us, hit that thumbs up. We want to get it close to a thousand if we can, but hit that thumbs up. It takes just a second. More of you Knowles will find us and hop in the chat if you do that. So thank you for that. For Gene Williams, Gene, good night. I hope you, uh, after a parent's weekend, get to cap off the day with a nice relaxing, what, glass of scotch? What are you going to do? Yeah, we're going to, yeah, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to scotch. I've actually, believe it or not, when we did some, we were doing a little drinking earlier. I actually did a funnel at one of the frats today. So uh, I'm a, oh. a little ahead of schedule so far. So I don't know. I may I chill out a little bit tonight. 
Oh, Maybe get a little work done, a little prep for the PFF. I'm able to put some stuff together. Get a little work done and sit back and watch some good college football going on, man. We got mm-hmm. Louisville, Notre Dame in a tie right now, 7-7. Mm. I'm looking forward to that. I'm just going to kick back, hang with a wife, watch some good college football tonight, man, mm-hmm. and then uh, get ready for the NFL tomorrow. And by the way, you're right. We have the best callers on the show. Not only the, our fans are the most informed because of WarChant.com, but we got great fans. And I, we get to watch. And I know we get, we'd get love to put more of the chat up. And so I, I, we, we do, like Tom and I see the live chat going on during the show. And a lot of informed guys and really good discussions going on in the chat. And that's just great to see fans interacting with each other, answering each other's questions, making comments, commentary. It's just a lot of fun, especially when you're 5-0, and Tom. It's really fun. It's uh, We have not been on the War Champ Post Game Show. We've never been 5-0. and So let's yep. keep getting it. Let's 6-0, and 7-0. Make, make that DeLuna spot into reality where you're 8-0 and, and you're playing Pitt on the road. Because Pitt's no good. Because you'll be 9-0 and if you get to 8. Uh, Yuck Mal, thank you for the contribution on uh, – in- before the wire. Thank you very much. We appreciate you. Uh, final final little thing. Uh, blowouts for Georgia right now, 31-7. First half yeah. over Kentucky. Oh, I thought Kentucky might give them a little run there. That's a shame. Blowout for Michigan over Minnesota. It's 23-3. Yeah. They're going in for another score. Miami-Georgia Tech, no score. No score in the second quarter there. That's the one that you're going to want to watch along mm. with. Miami made a little look ahead. They got two big games coming up the next two weeks. They're looking ahead a little bit maybe. There it is for Gene. I'm Tom. And for the rest of the crew at WarChant, we appreciate you for being here tonight. We will talk to you next time on WarChant TV. Remember, tomorrow night, Sunday Smash at 7. Tune in for that as well. Good night, everybody.